And we're back with more news talk saga 960. So very glad you could join us on this latest edition of the show. Uh, somewhere along the line, apparently reporting became this super precious, dainty, delicate kind of thing. I don't know when that happened. I suspect that it started happening more and more as more of these media types were basically uh, taking money <laughs> from the government. Basically, I mean, we always had CBC, anybody, you know, unless you were born before 1936, I guess it was. But um, so we always knew that they took money, that they survived basically on uh, the taxpayer largesse. Um, but now more and more what we're seeing is other media doing just that, accepting cash in order to continue staying in operation. We all knew that that was going to subvert, undermine the media. It was always going to undermine the independence of the media, despite what bozos like uh, the heritage minister, Stephen, Stephen Gibault, has had to say. But he doesn't know anything about journalism. But now all of a sudden we're seeing people who are associated with, for lack of a better word, the bought-off media, coming out and saying, censorship is okay now. Yeah, bailout press okays censorship. Hmm, really? Since when is it okay from a journalist's perspective to censor anything, let alone the internet? The story from Black Locks Reporter. Lobbyists representing the bailout press endorse cabinet censorship of the internet. News Media Canada called itself the nation's most precious guardian. Yeah, oh, did. Yes, a free speech. I mean, the irony is so thick here, you can cut it with a knife. There is no self-awareness about these people whatsoever. The most precious guardian of free speech, but proposed the Department of Canadian Heritage extend censorship to critics who use legal but hurtful words against the media. Hurtful words? Like what? Like bought off media? So you're going to try to stop me from saying that? Well, it's true. <laughs> I mean, and here's the proof. Here's the proof that you are the bought off media for crying out loud. That you would okay internet censorship. I mean, if you needed any more proof that so much of the media now is simply an extension of government, here it is right here. They don't want to be spoken about in terms that are hurtful. Look, at the rest of, at the risk of sounding like an old fogey, I mean, I've been at this for a long time. Okay, some would say maybe too long. Time to go. No, but I still like it. So, but the point being, I, I've, you know, journalism is not a job for the faint of heart. It really isn't. I mean, unless you're doing daily fluff, and even then, uh, you know, there's still deadlines. They're still yelling, screaming, crying, and news <laughs> in newsrooms, blaming, finger pointing, swearing. All these types of things happen in newsrooms from one end of this country to the other. Now, maybe they've toned it down a little bit, but um, you know, it still happens. And so, and when you're out in the field, I mean, things are going to happen. People are going to call you names. You know, they're going to do things when you're in the middle of a live hit. You're going to throw things. I myself have literally been threatened by people who wanted to kill me. Which is, I, I, I can distinctly remember one guy. I was 
at the time I was uh, shooting my own viz, you know, taking pictures as well as reporting. And a guy said to me, um, you got kids? I, he obviously didn't like me. He said, yeah. And he said, uh, how old are they? I said, well, at the time they're babies. And he said, okay. I said, well, he said, well, I won't kill you after all, because, you know, since you've got, uh, you know, small children, I'll let you off the hook. But this guy was so upset. Why? Because I took pictures of him in an altercation with some prison guards, right? They, they were moving this guy from one part of the prison to another prison. And somehow he got in this fist fight altercation in which the prison guards kicked the crap out of him. And I got pictures of it and it ran and he didn't like that. So all of a sudden, everything was my fault. Everything that was wrong with his life was my fault because I aired that and it ran. And so all of a sudden, I was the guy that he wanted to, you know, take out. My point being um, that if you're a little delicate flower, like this guy's suggesting, I don't, I don't think journalism is for you. <laughs> I was covering a fire one time and the guy whose house was burning, I was there with, with a camera person and he came out and he stood like, you know, COVID distance away from me and with a crowbar in his hand, he'd raise it over his head. Like he wanted to, like he was going to club me over the head while we were there. We were covering a story. I said, Whoa, like, Okay, we'll leave. Okay, you know, it's not worth it. My point being, when you see stuff like this, you realize that the people uh, involved in pushing for this censorship stuff are probably not journalists. I don't know. I don't know this Paul Deegan guy. Maybe he's a reporter. I, I don't know. He's the CEO of News Media Canada. And he wrote in a submission to the Department of Canadian Heritage, it's about protecting it. He says, this is not about limiting democratic expression. It's about protecting it. And it's most precious guardians, journalists. And it is about ensuring all publishers, including internet intermediaries, are held to, to account, held accountable for harmful content. Well, what exactly is harmful? Me calling you a hack? Is that is that harmful? I don't care. If you don't like it, good. Is it me referring to the bought-off media? Is it me, you know, talking about this story that Blacklocks reported earlier about the $61 million that was funneled to these media types and it was not named at the time? $61 million just ahead of the election. Think about that. You've got the liberal government saying, here's a little sweetener for you going into the election. $61 million of our money. And this is over and above the $600 million media slush fund, bailout fund. And so we reported on that, and maybe this guy doesn't like it. Is that the deal here, Paul? Cabinet has said it will reintroduce Bill C-36. Just reading from the Blacklocks reporter story. And by the way, Blacklocks did, in fact, publish the story about this, and then Rebel Media got hold of the actual names of the companies that took the money. So government gave these money, gave this money, the 61 million, 
to these various outlets, but said, well, we're not going to tell you who got what. But because the rebel had made a request for information, they got the list and they published it. And maybe that's the kind of censorship that this guy is pushing. Maybe this is the kind of harmful content that this guy, the CEO of News Media Canada, is talking about. But Cabinet has said it will reintroduce Bill C-36, an act to amend the criminal code that lapsed in the last parliament. C-36 would ban legal online content. Ban legal online content. (laughs) Hello? What's wrong with that picture? Likely to foment detestation or vilification of an individual group, unquote, under threat of $70,000 fines or house arrest. This is, I mean, the prime minister of this country spent the entire campaign vilifying people who are unvaccinated with COVID, with the COVID shot, jabs. That's all this guy does. He vilifies people he doesn't like, referring to the unvaxxed as those people over there, the bad Canadians. He likes the good Canadians, but he doesn't like the bad Canadians, the ones who won't do what he says. And so what does he do? He spends the campaign pitting one group of people against the other, and they're still doing it. They're still doing it. And that's why we see this this, uh, survey coming out suggesting that the vaccinated now are increasingly uneasy or have negative thoughts or feelings about people who have been unvaxxed well it's the government itself that is perpetrating perpetuating these negative feelings assuming that that poll isn't just your typical push poll but getting back to this story news media canada endorsed the censorship bill so they're okay with it as a business the news publishing industry remains under threat from the unregulated and unchecked social media and other online communication service providers. Yeah, do you know why it's under threat? Because you suck. (laughs) You suck. Okay? That's why it's under threat. That's why. That for all the money we give the CBC, uh, they can't draw flies to their television news operations. I mean, Rosie Barton has to resort to triggering conservatives with some of her posts or interviews in order to try and get you know more comments and retweets from people who can't stand her that's that's what it's come to for these people they're so desperate for any kind of attention that they get that they can get that they are going to actually do stuff that triggers a reaction just so they can say oh look i got a thousand comments yeah all of them are telling you where to go but still hey it's all about numbers right and so That's where we're at. They feel threatened because Canadians more and more are gravitating towards online content. And in fact, another recent poll survey suggested that Canadians, 66%, two-thirds of Canadians, actually feel that they can decide what's fake news and not fake news when they see something on the internet. So these guys don't want to believe that. These guys want to tell you what's good and what's bad. No. See, the fact that we can make our own decision, they don't like that. The bought-off media doesn't like that. No. 
In fact, they resent it. Any idea that you can decide for yourself what kind of content you want to consume irritates boneheads like this guy. And so here we are. You know, this so-called precious resource under threat. And so their way of dealing with it, censorship. Yeah. Oh, we love that censorship, don't we, Paul? Deegan said the bailout... <laughs> Okay, so that's that's Blacklocks being a little cheeky. God bless them. The bailout press faces harassment, defamation, and threats. Well, there are laws against defamation. There are laws against threats. But provided no examples. <laughs> yeah, like me calling you the bought-off media. Or maybe Blacklock's calling you the bailout press. Is that what you consider harassment? Is that what you consider a threat or defamatory? Well, it's not. Too bad for you. But they want it to be. Our journalists, including black and female, or female and black, indigenous and people of color journalists, and our customers face online harm. Well, if they face harm because of their ethnic makeup or something like that, we have laws against that. We already have laws against that sort of thing. The media lobby cited a 2020 UNESCO study online, online violence against women journalists. The study described harassment of reporters in countries like Argentina, Brazil, Mexico, and Nigeria. Canada was not mentioned. You know why Canada wasn't mentioned? Because we generally don't do that here. But these guys are citing a study that involved countries like Nigeria which kills journalists, along with Mexico. Many reporters have died in Mexico, been, been shot dead when they've been reporting on the, uh, the drug runners, the cartels. But somehow we're lumped in to those groups by this guy, this, uh, this group. Give me a break. We recommend, says Deegan, the government of Canada explicitly recognized online threats to journalists directly into the act. We already have laws in place. You're not allowed to do certain things, and we've had those laws on the books since 1970 or thereabouts. But no, these guys want to do more because they want to shut down critics, critics probably like me, who says that you guys are bought off, who says you guys are an embarrassment, who says you are a joke. We saw more evidence of it during this election campaign. And how do, how do we deal with the fact that the government keeps throwing money at these people? And so we're supposed to, what, turn a blind eye and pretend it's not going on? Pretending that it's not going to have any kind of impact on the coverage? And now here they are saying, yeah, censorship is okay with us. You are an embarrassment. You really are. And it's just getting worse and worse and worse. No wonder people are gravitating towards online media. It's because of crap like this. It's, it's because the media is more and more compromised that your credibility continues to suffer. That's why people are gravitating towards other content. Because you're a joke. And as far as their feelings are concerned, take a hike, man. You know what? Like If you're that worried about your feelings... Go into another line of work. 
because you will get yelled at. You will be called names. You're out in the field. Are you kidding me? And every, any reporter watching this knows exactly what I'm talking about. People will say things. You know, it's got to be water off a duck's back. You got to just deal with it and move on. Of course, there are a-holes out there. It's just part of being, you know, doing the job. And, you know, some of it's going to be online. People are going to call you names online. Well, you got to have like a law against this, you know? That guy called me a shill. Well, you know, deal with it. Move on. Ignore it. Block him. Mute him on Twitter. Do whatever you have to do. But you do, do you really want laws? Well, the liberals do. The liberals want these journalists to be part of the team. That's all they want. And they are part of the team. That's the embarrassing aspect of this. That throwing money at these organizations, you know, has basically reduced them as part of the communications infrastructure of the liberal party or the liberal government. They are a joke. And here they are saying okay to censorship. Sad times indeed, my friends. Listen, I got to take a quick time out, commercial break. Back with more on News Talk Saga 960 after this.